You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Locked On Hornets, and last but not least, at Not of the Scribe. A couple more episodes. Not going to dwell on yeah, it. Two more. This more. The, t- this one and tomorrow. And that's it for the daily hosting, co-hosting stuff. After that, then it just becomes whenever Kanata, whenever Nada shows up, he shows mm-hmm. up. That's that's kind of my favorite thing, just to just to be random and show up at random times just to surprise all of you. Yeah, up. I bet that is your favorite thing. It seems that is right up your alley, and we don't have a choice because you are leaving us, and we will give you a couple more shows to be a daily host, and then we'll figure it out from there. But I do have the show set up next week every single day, have a ton of guests because I'm going to need some help. So I'm going to be doing the guest revolving door type thing. Going to have some weekly guests that are going to be appearing. You'll be very familiar with, and then we'll have a couple of open days where maybe I just want to go solo or we'll try to get national guests, any other kind of revolving door type thing. But we do have it all set up. So I am excited about what's going to happen in that week just because it's the only way to try to get over the grieving process of one not leaving us and making it harder. But it's okay. We're going to all figure it out. And I guess grieving process. I, I guess we're sir. happy with Nada. Hey, look, man, you're, you're leaving grieving us. process. Yeah, that's what it is. I am not dying. Look, because everybody's been doing this for me to me like the last two weeks. This is not me dying. This is not me like I have I, I, again. I don't have an interminable. I don't have a terminable disease. I don't. I am not dying. I am just slightly transitioning. Transition. That's all we're doing here. I am not dying. Can you please and everybody else in my mentions stop treating me like I'm dying or that I don't have a good reason to leave? Trust me. When you lit, when you find out, and Walker, you already know. This was a good reason. I don't think anybody's disagreeing with the reason, despite not knowing what it is. I just think we're sad. I don't handle change well, Nada. I know that this isn't the worst thing in the world, but I don't handle change well, and you just need to let me be in all of this sadness that I'm experiencing. Let's get to the four Speaking and one. of change, let's talk, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the Orlando. All right, let's do that. Let's talk about the Hornets win, 120 to 111. They moved to four and one, but it was not pretty in this game close all the way through until the Hornets finally able to create some separation and it was the fourth quarter the only one that the Orlando Magic did not score 30 so it was I think 90s 92 91 maybe 90 apiece heading into the final quarter of action the Hornets still scoring some points Magic they get cold they only score 18 and that's how the Hornets are able to win 120 to 111 now let's start with the guy that we've been talking about a lot at the beginning of this season it's Miles Bridges 11 of 21 mm-hmm. from the field five of 10 from three-point land gets to the foul line five times hits four of them and scores 31 points it's the third time in the last four games he scored 30 or more the other time in that list he scored 25 so miles has taken his game to an entirely different level and what he's been and he was the guy that they relied on a lot we'll get to the second unit we'll get to mcdaniels gordon hayward came alive in the second half all of those players 
had a hand in this victory, but clearly it led with Miles Bridges, and he was the one helping keep pace last night. Yeah, absolutely. Like that was the thing that just really came to mind for me was that he just had a like Miles Bridges is on a tear that I did not see coming. Obviously, um, I don't think many other people saw this kind of tear coming, but. He, at this point, is taking the Terry Rozier role of get on my back. You guys may not feel like playing. You guys may not be giving the effort that you probably need to give. But you know what? I don't care because I'm not losing this game. That is the type of mentality that he is bringing to this point. And I'll be honest with you. The biggest thing, the biggest thing that came to me from Miles Bridges wasn't a shot that he made. It was his attention to deal, detail and calling out a uh, calling out Lamelo Ball for shooting a wide open shooting a bad three when Miles Bridges had had the bucket, and that kind of attention to detail, that kind of leadership, that kind of vocal leadership is something that is really really nice to see, especially with a guy like Terry Rozier on the bench right now. Yeah, I think you're right because when in, in that play, Miles Bridges had a chance for maybe an alley oop or Lamelo to drive. It was two on maybe two, like they, they kind of had two. Num- yeah, two and and Lamelo takes what seemed in the moment like a bad three pointer. The only way to salvage it, of course, is is to make it. But it was still we didn't have to be results oriented. Even if he would have made it, it felt like a bad three. He missed it, and then the very next play. That leads to a Mo Bamba three in the corner for Orlando. It's a huge swing. At least it, could, it is at least a five point swing. Um, and so when you're talking about Miles putting his head down, shaking his head, putting his palms up, saying, you know, what the hell, LaMelo? It was a bad decision for him. You know, it, it goes to show like those guys are clearly best friends on the roster. And Miles can still do that out there on the court. Big brother, little brother type of effect. Say, no, don't do that anymore. Let's make the right play next time. And I think you're right to point that play out. On top of the 31 points he scored, getting after LaMelo for making bad decisions. And and this was not LaMelo's best game by any stretch of the imagination. Bad decision making. Couldn't hit shots. Three of 14 from the field. Hit one three-pointer and it came late. It came at a big time. But he took five of them, missed four of them only scored seven points, had a few turnovers, still doing the early foul thing again that are silly fouls, unnecessary, puts him on the bench at the beginning, and LaMelo, this was his worst game of the season. Yeah, no, it was the worst game of the season. Like, I... The one thing I... I don't want to be overly critical of a 20-year-old because 20-year-olds do dumb stuff all the time. But this was one of those where LaMelo clearly felt like he he could show up, he could do whatever, and he could get away with this kind of effort. And unfortunately, the one thing I don't think he realized is that there were a whole bunch of grown men willing to follow him in that effort, and it showed last night. That was my big thing. And the foul trouble is something that I think someone is going to have to talk to him about. I don't know if it's Borrego, a combination of Borrego, Borrego and Jordan, Borrego, Mitch and Jordan, Borrego, Mitch and Miles and Jordan. But like <laughs> one of those, like it's got to be a combo of that at this point because the lack of attention to detail, especially in the first quarter, starting to throw him off because he's got all these fouls. And we've seen this now where he mentally disengages depending on the, the opponent. And at like, 
this is the thing that you worry about with a guy that does have it figured out because there were a lot of points in time last night where he felt like me in eighth and ninth grade like get me to like the midterms and then i'll turn it up because this team doesn't have that switch that they can turn on they're they're not good enough yet to where you can say let me just show up and it'll be okay this team doesn't have that margin for error especially not with terry there and especially not with pj there more so with those two there but even then the amount of effort that they have and the amount of effort that they can show i don't think they're ever going to be good enough to show up to a team even even if it's the orlando magic they're not going to be good enough to show up give a c minus effort which is what they gave and i'm being kind grading them with a c minus effort but at some point this team has to give consistent B. I'm not saying give your A effort. That's not possible for any human being. But you can't give C effort and expect to win against anybody in this league. They're lucky they did tonight. And LaMelo was probably the firebrand of, I'm going to show up. I'm going to do whatever. But thankfully, they got out of this. But normally, it wouldn't be good enough. Yeah, I didn't turn it up till midterms all the way throughout high school. You, you actually turned it up earlier once you got to high school and you stopped in middle school and grew up. Oh, 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 no, no, no. I've said midterms. I mean, like that was a consistent thing for me. I didn't show up till mm. midterms. Like I would give my C plus C minus effort, mm-hmm. sometimes D. And then when midterms come up, come around, I basically turn it off just because, you know what? At that point, I knew that I had it was either do this or fail. So therefore, <laughs> I am one of those people that that that. Yeah. So I understand what they're doing. They just can't do it. They can't do it like that because, unfortunately, that's the path that leads to playing game and putting your hands in the fate of somebody else. Yeah, strive to be like the host of Lockdown Hornets. Skate by all the way through. Don't put a ton of effort until it matters the most right at the last second and then go all the way through. We are your best role models you could possibly ask for. This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need, so you don't have to go through pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning anymore. You don't have to do that. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or your truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Let's talk a little more about LaMelo not getting a ton of minutes this season. It's a little bit of a head scratcher. Let's also get to the second unit. That's coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. For right then, I felt like I had some synergy with Mitch, and I felt like, you know what? I'm in these guys' heads. I understand. I talk. I listen. I did all the right things. And then, I did you? I li- what feeling- voices were you listening to? Were you listening to the voices deep within your head saying, "This is what I think Mitch is going to do," and then you just regurgitated that back onto Twitter? That's what I always do. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. 
Bet Online is back and better than ever. It's a new web interface for the start of basketball season, and there's more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, Nada, you brought it up. LaMelo hasn't been playing as many minutes as you would have anticipated coming into the season. In fact, the only time that he's logged more than 30 was the overtime game against the Boston Celtics. And in that game, LaMelo only played 33 minutes. So something you probably expected him to at least average throughout the other contest that he played. Played 29 against Indiana. Played 29 against Cleveland. 26 against Brooklyn. 33 against Boston, as I mentioned, and then he only played 24 against Orlando. It was the lowest minute total of the season, despite not playing that many to begin with. Now, one thing we've talked about, the fouls that Mm -hmm. he picks up early, right? He's been doing it every single game. But if you look at the total fouls that he's picked up, it's not like he's picked up a ton over the totality of the four quarters. Three in each of the first three games is what he's accumulated. He had six against Boston, so he used all of them. And then he only had two last night, but they both came early. So what's happening is he's picking up these dumb fouls early on, but even then in the second half where you have some time to work with, LaMelo still not getting some some minutes at the end of this. We can go to Brooklyn, and we know LaMelo flat out just said to James Borrego, leave Ish Smith in the game. The dude is balling. I'm going to sit right here and watch him run the offense, and you can roll with the second unit that is really helping us win right now. So I think that is a part of all of this. I also think the second unit comes more into play just overall too here, Nada. Like I Lamelo's not gonna play this few minutes as the season goes on. I think James Brego is gonna throw more in there. But this was a this was a bad game against Orlando. If you look at the plus minus, which I, I know it's mm-hmm. meaningless, right? Like plus minus for single games. It, no, nobody's gonna use that as this predictive stat or even something as, oh yeah, this is exactly how it happened. But the second unit's plus minus, all of them were plus double digit, and it was insane. The five starters in this game, they were all the minus double yeah. digits, essentially. Not maybe not all of them double digits, but it was all minus. And like the second unit just kind of had it rolling when they were out there. I think through a very small sample size, Borrego is sticking with the bench because they're just outplaying the other opponent's second unit. Lamelo is, of course, a starter, so Lamelo sits on the bench a little more. And there you had that one outlier time where LaMelo's like, yeah, just roll with ish. And so I think this changes, but it is interesting. I, I didn't expect LaMelo to only log one game over 30 and that be an overtime. And at contest. the same time, while we're saying this, this really doesn't like, I feel like it's much ado about nothing because this schedule gets kind of brutal. Like we've been through an out as part of the schedule where we thought that they would not have the four and one record, which mind you, this is now the third time they've had it ever, four and one to start the five. And at this point, if like I don't think about the lack of minutes of for LaMelo Ball outside of the foul trouble, which are pretty dumb fouls, but at the same time, this should be a blessing. The fact that you can rely on a bench unit thus far this much and lean on them and make them and have it make it so that you're extending leads or if anything helping close the game the best thing about this is that this keeps wear and tear off your starters legs like gordon hayward was in with the bench 
and they happen to close that game out. That's a great thing because that's less wear and tear on LaMelo, less contact, less times he can has to go to the rim, potentially get fouled and break that wrist again or something along the lines of that. Like, there's a lot of this that is a blessing in disguise. So I don't really think about the lack of minutes for LaMelo Ball just yet. It's not necessarily a problem. It was a problem last night because he didn't think through the game. Every other time, it's like I don't ever really think about it. I don't care about the lack of minutes at this point because this is a marathon. This is a sprint. We're only five games in at this point. There are 77 more of these things to go. If Again, if this becomes an issue in game 47 where he's only logging 29 minutes or so, cool. Then we can have that conversation. Or better yet, Walker, you'll have that conversation. <laughs> but most likely... Like, I, I'm not worried about it right now, and I don't think any other Hornet fan should worry about it. If you're a stan, however, stay out of my mentions, and then you can worry about it all you want. Well, yeah, I, I do think it's an interesting conversation just because you look at last year in, in the last month, really. You look at the month of May. I mean, when he comes back from that injury, you know, he is averaging over 30 minutes a game. He did log 24 against Chicago on May 6th. He logged 28 against Detroit, logged 21 in overtime against New York, and he didn't have any fouls there. I'm not sure exactly what happened. Uh, maybe it was a blowout or not one blowout. It got to OT. Um, but you see him getting well above that 30 minute threshold consistently. And even when he started, I mean, he was flirting with 40 in February, right? When they make that change and LaMelo starts to, you know, be you know, running with the ones, right? Like LaMelo playing a ton of minutes. I also agree with you, though, right? Like it, this, I do kind of feel like this is more of a good thing than a bad because if LaMelo is going to get saved as the season goes on, you might think, well, he's young. It doesn't matter. Hell, <laughs> keeping your legs fresh, even for a young guy, that that's good. I only see that as good. And it would be different if the Hornets were losing games, but they're four and one. And I don't think LaMelo, I mean, LaMelo, the, the one game he played 30, the Hornets lost. And, that, and you shouldn't take anything from that. But what you should take is the fact that, hey, this is great because LaMelo's on the bench right now. The Hornets are still finding ways to win. Ish Smith is a much bigger plus than people thought he would be. And, and we liked the signing fine, right? Like it was, we didn't have any problem with it. We were good with it. We thought, hey, this is a good second unit point guard to come in and run the offense. But he's been way more than that. And I think this is all good. I think you're right, Nada. Like, I, this doesn't bother me at all. And I expect it to change as the yeah, season goes if on. Yeah, and if it doesn't change, then cool. But at this point, like, I hate to do the whole, the whole trope of wait 20 games and then talk to me. But yeah, wait 20 games and then talk to me about this because right now I don't see this as this big thing. That's just a sh that's just a sign that this team is deeper than we had initially thought to start the season and during the season. This team happens to be a lot deeper than we thought. And you know what? That's really really dope at the end of the day. So, I don't really uh, like, how crazy it yeah, like, go ahead. Like that's the thing. Instead of complaining about how few minutes LaMelo is playing, why don't we just praise the bench? Oh, wait, we have a whole third segment where we can do that. Right? You know, we are going to do that. I, I did want to say, yeah, how insane is it that James Booknight isn't getting any seconds of playing time and the bench is playing better? That That's what's surprising to me. If you would have said the second unit is playing as well as they are, I would have expected some improvement across some of the guys they've had on the roster the last couple of years, of course. But what I would have thought is James Booknight is providing an impact early on, really scoring the basketball. 
and he's not getting any action. He is putting out DNC, uh, DNP CD after DNP CD. And yet here we are. So yeah, let's talk about that coming up in the third segment. Now, before I talk to you about Postmates, you know what it is with Postmates. They deliver the goods when you don't feel like going out. You want to wear your sweats, but you're still hungry for some great food. Postmates is the place to visit with Postmates. I get all of my favorite foods from the local restaurants in my neighborhood delivered no leaving the house and even better i don't have to get in the car find a parking spot you know it's a hassle postmates isn't just burritos and sushi either i can order things like toothpaste phone chargers on demand too like they've got everything because places like walgreens and 7-eleven are also on postmates i've been using that 7-eleven thing for postmates by the way for a limited time postmates is giving just our listeners a little something extra new customers will get 50 percent off your five first five orders of 50 dollars or more when you use code locked on nba that's code locked on nba to get 50 percent off your first five orders of 50 dollars or more Max savings of $100 per order. Just download the Postmates app or sign up online. It's super easy. This is a great offer. Offer is subject to change and taxes and fees apply. Offer valid for 30 days after you add the promo code to your account. We'll take one more break. Come back, talk a little more about the second unit. Lead off with Jalen McDaniels. That's coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Nada, you asked me about why I don't have the sneakers app and asked if it's that I'm too good to have the sneakers app. And no, here's the thing. <laughs> I, you guys are addicted to this drug that brings more yes. pain yes. than it brings joy. And I th- that that feeling that you guys get when you are able to attain a pair of sneakers, it keeps bringing you in. And I don't want to be addicted to that drug. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Nada, before we get to Jalen McDaniels becoming a sniper from deep, let's talk to the people about Sweatblock. And guys, there's very few things that are, there, there are a couple of things that are very, very uncomfortable to talk about. The, today, it's LaMelo Ball's minutes and how, few, how much he's playing or how little he's playing. But another thing that we always talk about that is very, very uncomfortable to talk about is sweat. And you guys have basically come through. Like for the last couple of weeks, these wipes have swat, have stopped sweat for seven days. And it seems like people have been listening. We have friends of the Locked On Pod that have given their testimonials. So take for say, take say the Locked On Lakers out there with the Kamensky brothers. They have this story straight out of Hollywood where there was a producer working on the set of a Marvel movie. Maybe you've heard of it. She was working an 18-hour day for weeks in the Atlanta heat. She heard about sweat blocks, started trying it, and loves it. No more sweaty production days. She even reports that one of the A-list actors uses it to stay dry on set and on the red carpet. So guys, if you go, again, sweat block stops excessive sweat for seven days per use. Doctor created, doctor recommended. Dry shirt guarantee if sweat block does not keep you dry, you get your money back. And it's not just for armpits. It's for anywhere. And I do mean anywhere, especially with that nice little lotion that they got. So if you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, you have to have them check out Sweatblock. Get it for today for 20% off at sweatblock.com using their promo code locked on or at Amazon or at CVS. And it will change your life, just like Jalen James, James, McDaniels has changed. <laughs> That's right. He certainly helped them last night. He was the leading scorer with the second unit. And James Borrego really going with an eight-man rotation, going with nine if you count Nick Richards, but he only played eight minutes. Did have a couple of made field goals. Saw that he got a shout-out from Nate Duncan saying that he's been okay in P.J. Washington's absence. 
He's probably played a little better. I, I, I didn't like his game last night compared to what he did the first time he got some minutes because of PJ's absence. I think defensively he got exposed a couple of times, not really knowing what to do. But hey, he had a couple of field goals. I still think he played better um, than he did There's in the growth. preseason. There's but going growth. with Mc- yeah, it, it, it will, and we'll see what happens. Going with Jalen McDaniels, twenty-two minutes, sixteen points in those twenty-two minutes, four to five from deep. And Nada, he shot all of the every single three pointer he took that he made. It was all in rhythm, getting to step into a shot. Form was beautiful. And the only time that he missed the three pointer, he goes four or five from deep, right? The only time that he missed it, it was when he was trying to figure out what to do. I think he maybe there was a little bit better closeout on him. He still had some time to shoot, obviously, as he would take that attempt. But it was the only time that was out of rhythm. Like Jalen McDaniels in rhythm has been lethal just as a spot up guy. And that's why he's gone seven of ten mm-hmm. from three point land to start the season. That kind of length. To be able to play him on the perimeter, to to play him as the three with the defense that he can bring, the length that he can bring, the shooting that he is bringing, two steals, three assists, the playmaking is getting better. Man, you know I love Jalen McDaniels, and he's been playing a couple. Uh, he's been playing more the last couple of games, and he's been delivering. Absolutely, like this kid is now like. I love this kid when he plays within himself and he doesn't play like 10-day Jalen. And anybody that's listened to the podcast in the last couple of weeks knows what 10-day Jalen is. It's Jalen playing like he's on a 10-day. The more that this guy shows up, the harder it is that you're going to have, like the harder it is for him to take him out of the rotation. Like I don't think if he continues playing like this, and he's got a big test coming up against Miami tomorrow night, but this team this team needs a guy like Jalen McDaniels because he's a guy that's 6'10", very, very long, can hit the three. He's your prototypical three and deep guy. And the fact that they have one of these guys just sitting on the bench sometimes and wasting away is the testament to the depth. But if this kid continues to hit threes in the manner that he does and provide the defense that he does, and occasionally when he goes to the, goes to the cup, he scores or gets to the foul line, which is something else that he's done, like this kid can be a rotation guy for a championship team. He's a top seven guy on a rotation for a championship team done right. And as long as he keeps growing, as long as he doesn't have the turnovers, he cleans that up and then you can't take him out of the lineup. And then it's just a matter of where do you slot him in? Um, I also want to talk about a McDaniel subplot that was taking place. Please tell me, because you told me about this earlier. You got to explain this. Is, to the this was face. phenomenal. And I and, and most people could have seen it if they were paying attention when Mo Wagner was taking some free throws. So I, I saw this play last night where Jalen McDaniels, he, he Kevin Garnett's Mo Wagner's second attempt after getting the rebound on a first free throw, right? Kevin Garnetting, Garnetting is going after a shot after the whistle that somebody throws up, goaltending it, not allowing them to see the ball go through the hoop. That's what a Garnett is. And so that's what McDaniels did. Mo Wagner didn't like it. You could see him say the F word, which by the way, Miles Bridges did too. We can get to that in a moment. But Mo Wagner says, you know, like, you know, bleeping, you know, I was just shooting the bleeping ball or something like that, whatever. And what happened was, you know, you saw McDaniels laughing as the camera pans back to him. Wagner clearly already frustrated. What I did not see until I watched the game back was there were a couple of times and Wagner's like 10 minutes logged in the game. Okay, it's not much, but in the 10 minutes that he logged Jalen McDaniels first three pointer he hits. 
He goes back to the other end of the floor on the defensive end. The camera goes to him after, right? They're going to highlight the guy that just hit a shot. And then you see McDaniels kind of put his hand in Wagner's chest just to kind of contact him, right? (laughs) And Wagner... You can see the grimace on his face, not pleased with it. Nothing happening, no fight or whatever, but McDaniels gets physical with them. Bam, initially. Okay, so that happens. Wagner not pleased. They come down the other end of the court very soon after, might even be the next play. Jalen McDaniels has the ball. He's dribbling towards the basket, and Cody Martin is coming baseline, going to come off of McDaniels into a dribble handoff, essentially. Wagner sees McDaniels driving tries to draw the charge, falls down, looks like some pretty nice contact, doesn't get the call. McDaniels kind of looks at him, hands it to Cody Martin. Martin hits the three. McDaniels laughing again while Wagner's pissed at the ref for not giving him a call. Like, (laughs) poor Mo, man. Like, Mo was in there for like 10 minutes. The fact that McDaniels is out here punking dudes already takes him to a different level, and you love to see it. Yeah, you absolutely love to see it. I don't feel bad for Mo Wagner. Act like he got some dignity and then go from there. He acts like he, you know what he is? Like, that's one of those, like, co-workers that you always hear whine and complain and you can't stand and you do one minor little thing and then they try to go to HR. I may not, may or may not have some uh, previous dealings in some with some mm-hmm. of these, but still, all I'm saying is, Good for Jalen McDaniels. That is such a really, really dope. Yeah, you 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 do love to see it. And by the way, like, I don't know if we've talked about it a lot. There's only one way to go for McDaniels as far as the beefcake uh, territory. Like you you could only put more weight on that guy. He was a twig. Yeah, but I do. I, I was looking at him like, okay. Like he's got a little bit more muscle to him now. He's not a complete he twig out there on the court. So muscle watch season, Jalen McDaniel certainly in full effect when it comes to that. Another guy we do need to give love to before we end today's pod. Cody Martin, 30 minutes for him. Um, only hit a couple shots from the field, but they were both three pointers. I just mentioned one of them. How about six free throw attempts for Cody? making all six yeah. of his free throw attempts. And then you get to the other Cody Zeller stat sheet, if you will. Um, you know, four steals, five assists for Cody, only a couple of rebounds, not too much there. Only one turnover, but did score 12 points. Look, Cody's playing better. He is. And and, and you like to see it. Like, I, I think against Boston, James Borrego did the right thing, but not playing him as much. I think he only played 18 in that game. But in this one, Cody was providing the effort, obviously. And the, he was, uh, I believe, the halftime interview. You know, he was saying, yeah, we need to match the young guy's energy. That's uh, that's what veterans always talk about when you're going up against a young, scrappy team that might not be great, but they are going to play hard. Uh, you know, Cody, Cody deserves some uh, some cred for what he did last night. He is constantly growing to the point where I am at this point waiting for the transfer for the waiver wire and everything to see from the Charlotte Hornets. We have sent James Booknight to the Greensboro Swarm. Like he's like I'm waiting for Booknight to be on the Dwayne Bacon plan. The fact that Cody Martin has come out and done the things that he's done, paid attention to the little like when we talk about the typical glue guy stuff, Cody Martin is doing all of that. And at this point, he's no longer become a complete offensive liability. He has grown his game in a way that I don't think many outside of his family had managed to see. He's become a legitimate rotation piece. Dare I say, almost, like, I'm not going to call him Raja Bell because Raja Bell on those seven second or less Suns teams was a very, very crucial piece that could hit threes and do a little bit more than Cody Martin at the time. But at the same point, there are some of those qualities that you see with him where 
He's very, very necessary. Needs to get a little bit better at the point of attack, but for right now, he fits what you want out of that wing situation, even if even when Kelly Oubre goes to the bench for Terry Rozier, you're still going to see some time and some minutes for a Cody. Martin yeah, I mean, Cody's logged one turnover in the last four games, so it's not like he's giving up the basketball. He has two games where he has five assists. I mentioned him getting to the foul line six times in this game against Orlando. He had two free throw attempts in every other game besides this one against the Magic. Yeah, I, they're, they're, the only bad game from him, really, the only, the only really poor game from him was against Boston, and Borrego took him out. I thought that was the right move. So, uh, you know, you you like to see Cody uh, be impressive here in this one. Last but not least, after us continuing to criticize Mason Plumley for his play, I don't think Mason <laughs> Plumley was very good in the first half. I still think there were some I mean, no one right, was. and that's fair no um, defensively. Like there was one time where he was off balance and it leads to a Wendell Carter slam. There were times where he didn't get position. Of course, there were times where I thought he just didn't make the right read defensively getting moved off a spot, whatever. All that to say, I think his activity in the fourth being around the rim, doing the reverse slam, fighting for rebounds, doing a good job there, being back for the tip slam on the drive miles missed. That was big. So I'm going to give Mason Plumley some credit for being active like he was in the fourth quarter, grabbing 10 rebounds and making a couple of passes like that. That's one thing you will not hear me you know, criticize Mason for. The dude is a legitimate passer. The cut, I think I forget who it was to. Maybe it was Gordon. I think it was Gordon who cuts baseline. Uh, Mason Plumley hits him with a nice bounce pass off the cut. Yeah, I, it, this was at least a pretty good quarter from Mason, and this was the quarter that mattered the most, right? It's the one that uh, won the game for exactly. The he had a great fourth quarter. He paid attention to. He got to the point. He sealed a little bit better in terms of grabbing rebounds. He blocked shots. He provided some resistance, and then at the same time, the other thing, he hit free throws. He hit free throws again, and for that. Like he helped make winning plays. He can have all the double doubles he wants. If he doesn't make winning plays, it doesn't matter at this point, because at this point, the only as as I've continued to say, the only thing that matters is are they a playoff team or are they not? Because that's how we're deeming this season a success or not. So therefore, he's making winning plays. He's doing the things necessary. And I cannot complain with what he did last night, even though. At some point, I think he's going to have to get better because if Nick Richards' growth is to be believed, there's going to be an interesting discussion to be had once we get to, I don't know, December, January, if the growth, if the increasing growth of Nick Richards keeps coming because then we're going to have to have some questions. And that'll be a fun conversation that we'll probably have because you'll drag mm -hmm. me back here to have the Nick Richards conversation. Oh, there will longer. be some dragging. I will be the annoying dude that wants you to come over and hang out every once in a while. And we'll see if you give in. But I am going to be that annoying dude. Before we end it, too, real quickly, Gordon Hayward, he played really well the second half after not playing. Daddy daycare yeah, part two. Not very well in the first half. But Gordon Hayward, uh, excellent shot making. Talk about getting to his spots. We mentioned that yesterday. He loves to get to the elbow. Did that forced one up from there w once, but can't really criticize him too much once uh, he was performing the way he was in the second half. All right, that'll do it for Locked on Hornets. Thanks again for joining us. One more day tomorrow. Not as going to get on the mic. Join me via Zoom. 
his last show where he's a daily host, and then we'll get, then we're going to try to drag him back as we mentioned. Um, but it's the last one. How are you feeling? I wasn't feeling it? anything until you decided to mention that. Now we're going to end the show and we're going to go because again, all the emotion okay. will be in that last segment on Friday, and we're again, I'm not prepared to handle that. So, um, yeah, we're going to move on. Okay, that's fine. I, I we we don't have to. I, I look. I promised you that we wouldn't dwell on it too much throughout the week. That we were going to give some people some information, and then we would save all of that stuff for the last segment on Friday. So that's what we're going to do. Come back with us tomorrow. It'll be not as last show as a daily host, and then we'll see how much we can drag them back as the rest of the season goes on. Thanks again for joining us. Remember to be back with us tomorrow and tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA. Mm-hmm.